Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into another weekday edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast as we continue Breaking down all of the Bengals' positional groups from this past season. Muhammad Ahmad back with you with Andrew Gillis and Mike Nislik. We talked about A.J. Green's retirement on Monday, wrapping up the Senior Bowl, previewing the draft, just a teeny bit, talking more about free agency. And as we continue talking about players in the Bengals' roster, we want to start, of course, none other than under center. So, again, we're talking about quarterbacks today throughout the rest of this week going into next week we'll talk about running backs wide receivers tight ends everyone on the defense from up front to the backfield just so we can sort of have a snapshot of what things looked like last year and what they'll look like moving forward for the Bengals so of course um, this is an easy one since we're talking about quarterback Joe Burrow uh, we'll get to Brandon Allen later because he actually is going to be a free agent, so we'll talk a little bit about him. But uh, simply put, I actually wrote about this a little bit on cleveland.com slash Bengals, so for those who want to read it, they can. But his numbers, regular season numbers at least, were pretty spot on from last year. He threw three fewer interceptions. He took 10 fewer sacks. Uh, his passing yards were about the same. I think he just threw for 100 yards more in 2021. The big thing that stood out to me, though, is he doubled his rushing attempts, and he had more than double his rushing yards. He had 257 rushing yards in 2022. He had 118 the year before that. Um, we've talked about it on the podcast. A big reason why isn't just because of you know his ability to kind of read defenses, maybe in a way that not that he couldn't do before, but that he he kind of had a sixth sense for this year. Um, and the biggest thing beyond that is I think his ACL was in much better shape than last year. He's a lot more fully healed. So I think he wasn't as worried about taking some of those runs. Maybe he didn't take it at the beginning of 2021. Um, the big thing for me, if you just want to talk about why did Joe Burrow get better or how did he get better, he was just quicker. Quicker with his legs, quicker with his release, quicker with his wrist, quicker with his decision-making, you know, pre-snap audibles. He was just faster. Um you know, I think that's really the thing. If you look at, like, his numbers, for example, like, the only quarterback that threw faster than him was Tom Brady. Um, when it came to third down situations, he had the fifth best conversion rate among quarterbacks who ran the ball on third down. You know, if you look at uh, ESPN's, you know, NFL next-gen stats, you know, he was 2.2% more accurate than what they predicted he would be with his passes. So, for example, like, he completed 68% of his passes this year. He was predicted to complete 66% of those passes, so he was 2.2% better than what they predicted. 
Um, and that's a metric that's obviously debatable. I mean, it's an algorithm that Next Gen Stats uses, but his game was just a lot faster this year. That's why I think he was an MVP finalist, rightfully so. What stood out to you guys this year just about Joe Burrow and, you know, where do you think he got better, whether it was in those aspects or other things that you saw from him? Yeah, um, you know, I think there was a really, really good article in The Ringer by Ben Solak about this, and I, and I really agreed with it. Um, you know, he wrote a story, basically, if you compare some of the stats from year one to year two, adjusted net yards per attempt, uh, turnover-worthy plays, average depth of target, things like that, some kind of advanced numbers, and you compare 2021 Joe Burrow and 2022 Joe Burrow, when you look at him, you kind of say, yeah, 2021 Joe Burrow might have been better. Um, but that I think is kind of smoke and mirrors because if you look at kind of how they got there, uh, you know, Burrow's passer rating went down. Um, you know, his, his picks right. and touchdowns were pretty much the same, but um, you know, last year they were, they were really, really high in explosive plays. Uh, they were really, really uh, efficient at those, but it's not really a sustainable way to build an offense by just saying like, okay, like we're going to try and, you know, catch six touchdowns of, you know, 50 yards or more every game. Um, it's really fun. It's a really cool way to win it. Uh, you've got the receivers to go do it. Um, but, you know, Joe Burrow said this year, like, you know, we, we have to be kind of more more consistent and less reliant on big plays. Um, you know, we talked a lot of on this podcast about the cover two looks that they saw, about the two high safety looks that they saw. And he just did a really good job of kind of taking what defenses gave him. Um, you know, it, it might not have made for the sexiest offense all the time. He had to, you know, check some stuff down. He had to make some throws that he probably didn't really want to make because it wasn't as glamorous when you take a five yard gain rather than throwing for, you know, a 55 yard gain. But, uh, you know, the, he really kind of commanded the offense. And, um, you know, he, I, I think he did a really, really nice job at making sure the offense just was, was really consistent, um, and, and making sure that there really wasn't a weak area of their game. Um, you know, I thought that consistency was the big key with Burrow. Let's talk about growth and maturity. I think is what you, you, you're, you know, when you're facing the different defenses, they found ways to win, you know, look kind of ugly there the few first few weeks, but you know, they ran off that big win streak and, you know, that's because they were able to adapt and Joe Burrow, um, was basically able to counter kind of whatever defenses threw at him. You know, he's 22 and 10, uh, the last, you know, two years as, as the starter and, you just kind of feel like he's growing, he's maturing, and, you know, it, it, he's going to become essentially, I think, what they're going to gear this towards is, is basically a Peyton Manning type where he's calling the offense himself, at, you know, at the line of scrimmage. You know, they'll give him a handful of plays and he'll get to kind of pick. It felt like that at times this year, um, and, and I think he knows his own um, strengths and weaknesses, and, and he could play to that. You know, he didn't force a lot of uh, throws. Uh, you know, it's, you know, there was that one game where he had like three bad throws against the Ravens and everybody was like up in arms, just, you know, what, what happened? It's like, well, you can have a bad day and his bad day was like three bad throws, you know? So it's pretty incredible that, you know, you can count kind of uh, almost on one hand, the amount of mistakes he made kind of down the stretch. Um, just obviously, you know, taking that next step uh, to be one of the, the best, you know, in the league. You know, I wasn't there for this, but you guys were. I mean, in that season opener when he turned the ball over five times and threw four picks, did you think he's just having a bad day? You know, he had the appendectomy in the preseason. He's, you know, shaking off some rust. Or did you think, oh, man, this is going to be a long year for him? Like, what was your first impression when you guys saw that? And then, 
I mean, you talk about how impressive it is to get to where he is now. Like, what really impressed you about just the way he he really shook that game off? And what did you make of that? Well, I think everybody yeah, made it, um, that it was you know, the offensive line, really. You know, right. the, if the offensive line was going to play like that, it was going to be a long year. Uh, Joe Burrow didn't play very well. Um, but th- that game was sort of a mess from the start in terms of the, the offense, and it looked like a team that really hadn't played together in the preseason. And I think that um, not the preseason games, but, the, you know, training camp in terms of getting reps together, um, it just really showed. I, I don't think anybody was sort of like, oh, no, Joe Burrow's in trouble. I think it was that there's some rust that he needed to knock off, and it took, you know, two, three weeks. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, he had an appendectomy. So, like, if you really think about it, like, he had that last year. He was still recovering from the ACL injury from his rookie year and going into his rookie year. I mean, that was when COVID hit. So like he was sort of that first draft class affected by COVID. So he hasn't had what we can call like a traditionally normal preseason, whether it's because of external factors or just internal, like health, personal factors, like his ACL or his, you know, appendix. I mean, that's the thing. And I'm not saying, Oh, it completely threw him off, but that's where you could say, Oh, well, you know, maybe in 2021, yeah, the Bengals didn't win more than two games at a time. And as, of course, ACL wasn't all all there until, like, this year. And then this year, you have the 4-4 four and four start, the 0-2 oh start before that, the loss to Baltimore that dropped them below 500 again. That's the best thing, really, is just how he learned from that, how he got better from that. You know, the best players in this league, they'll make mistakes. They'll have absolute duds. But the, the ones who can do it all, the ones who learn from it. Um, and like you said, Andrew, he was very consistent throughout that 10 game stretch. He was just smooth and steady throughout. I mean, other than maybe like that two pick game against the Steelers coming out of the bye week, um, which was like, I think it was week 10 coming out of that. I mean, other than that, he was just cruising and whether it was against the chiefs, whether it was bouncing back from that first half against Tampa Bay, I mean, he was just, he's in control. And I know we talked about like at the end of the year, you know, and this isn't just about Joe Burrow, but this is kind of like their offense. You know, they were, we were like, where's that killer instinct? Like when they played the Ravens in week 17, when they had that near collapse against the Patriots before that, you know, when they played the way they did against Tampa Bay, it makes you wonder like, oh, well, are we going back to that inconsistency we saw? Not that it's all on him, but I was like, I don't know. But once they got to the playoffs, he got it back. And I think even with – the way the Chiefs got to him in the AFC Championship, he still had it for the most part. I think KC just had a really, really good game plan. I don't think that was anything on Burrow, but I mean, yeah, he he proved himself beyond expectations, and that's why I want to ask you guys this. Kind of reminds me of like Josh Allen last year, played so well, he came into this year, and he was the preseason favorite initially to be the MVP. Uh, that's not going to be the case because, I mean, it's pretty much going to go to Patrick Mahomes at this point. But it was still, you know, neck and neck with Jalen Hurts and Burrow and Mahomes up until basically the end of the year. Do you think there's a case to be made for Joe Burrow to be next season's MVP preseason favorite? Yeah, I mean, he's going to be amongst the favorites there. Um, you know, I, I think when you looked at last year, I mean, the Bills kind of – I don't think it was necessarily wrong. I mean, the Bills were really, really good. Uh, I am curious to see what Allen's elbow looks like when it's, when it's fully healthy next year. But, you know, the Bills came into the year uh, – two years ago, they got their teeth kicked in in the AFC title game in Kansas City. 
Then they lose in that game where they were, you know, inches away from, so from beating crazy. the Chiefs. They were, was it 13 seconds, 12 seconds, whatever it was. 12 seconds, um, yeah. And it, it, the progression felt very much like, okay, this team is, is ready now to make that jump. Where the Bengals, they didn't have that progression. They went directly from, okay, this team is picking fifth in the draft to, okay, this team's in the Super Bowl. So I wonder if there's not going to be that same level of, of hype, like, cause you know, typically in the, in the off season, you know, it's always, it always feels like people are a year or two ahead of kind of where they should be. Um, the Bengals have already been to a Super Bowl. They were a few plays away from making it back to the Super Bowl. Um, but again, like he's going to be up there, you know, the Bengals are going to be one of the Super Bowl favorites. He's going to be up there in terms of, you know, MVP favorites. Uh, it, it, it depends. Um, it depends what their offense looks like. You know, if you have a, a really, really great offseason where maybe you make a splash signing or two that's kind of unexpected along the defense, then, you know, you draft a Bijan Robinson or something insane like that where the offense kind of takes another step. You draft a Michael Mayer, something along <laughs> those lines. I think it makes a, it makes it a lot easier to say, okay, Joe Burrow is the MVP favorite going into the year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I, I think we're kind of we, – we talked about this as it, as it relates to um, – uh, you know, as it relates to the playoffs and, and different kind of stuff like that throughout the year, we're going to be seeing this for a while where it's Allen Mahomes, Burrow, uh, I, Jalen Hurts had a really good year. I don't know if, if that'll be every year. Um, yeah. Jalen Hurts obviously was was in contention and rightfully so. You know, I, I said on this podcast that, you know, I, I thought that he had a better case of uh, for MVP than Joe Burrow did. Um but yeah, like you're going to have quarterbacks like that. You know, maybe Lamar has a great year next year. Um, you know, maybe Justin Herbert has a great year next year. Maybe Dak has a great year if they get him. So there, there's different guys that are going to kind of go up and down on that list. But every, we're kind of in that age right now where those are going to be the big guys and, and every single year. I don't know if it'll be a favorite, but I'd be stunned if he's not top four in, in kind of preseason, uh, preseason MVP uh, look aheads. Yeah, I mean, I think the winner of the Super Bowl is probably the, the favorite, right? Jalen Hurts or Mahomes, and Mahomes but, shouldn't be outside the top two until uh, they don't reach an AFC Championship game. I mean, what his what he's done, there's no reason to think that um, he shouldn't be the presumptive favorite uh, here for the next few years, just based on on their track record. I mean, they've consistently been, you know, the one of the best teams in the league. Now every year he's been he's been their starter. So I, I don't think it's an insult to Joe Burrow to say Patrick Mahomes is probably the likely favorite. You know, I mean, I, I will say this. I, I agree whether he's one or two. Mahomes is going to be in the top two. Whether he's one or two is a debatable part, and that goes back to, like, you know, I mean, the Chiefs really, their offense is pretty much locked in for the next couple of years. But with the Bengals, like, you know, we'll see what happens with Hayden Hurst, if they draft a Michael Mayer or – you know, and another tight end who looks pretty good, you know, if they don't keep Hurst and or Drew, Drew Sample. But, I mean, you still got Jamar Chase. You still got T. Higgins. Could still have Joe Mixon next year, depending on just, you know, what the Bengals do uh, with the cap, legality, conversations aside. So, I don't know. We, we, I guess we kind of have to wait and see from that standpoint because that does affect, like, the odds makers. But if you're asking me right now, just with what we've seen, regardless of what the future holds, I'd put Burrow as the favorite. I put Mahomes at second because he absolutely deserves to be up there, even if the Chiefs lose a Super Bowl. I think you got to put Burrow first. Those last 10 games, I mean, the way he played, like that's probably one of the best stretches from any quarterback, regular season into the playoffs, like any 
stretch in the last decade absolutely impressed to me. And I'm not saying it was perfect. There's definitely moments where it was I like, don't know about that, but it wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfect, but that makes a strong case just for the sake of being an MVP favorite. Because if the Bengals had beaten the Chiefs, it's an 11 game win streak. And even if they lose the Super Patrick Bowl, Mahomes it's still more impressive. Them. Say it again. Patrick Mahomes beat them. Patrick Mahomes beat them. Not Joe Burrow. Joe Bur- We're talking about Joe Burrow here. The Bengals and Joe Burrow are different. Joe Burrow did what he needed to do. It was a close game. Besides the two interceptions he threw, I mean, he got sacked six times. His offensive line wasn't all there. I think if his offensive line was all there, it's a different story. The Bengals are going to be in Arizona right now. Could have, should have, would have. If we're just looking at Burrow and how he played, regardless of external factors, he made a showing in a strong case so to be the preseason Patrick favorite. Mahomes, okay, so I, so I have the numbers on, here. He's on okay. one leg. Patrick Holmes is on one leg, and that's that's a reflection of the Bengals' defense not containing him. I mean, that's impressive. That's impressive, but that no, doesn't but take saying, away like, from what if, Joe Burrow did. If Joe Burrow had a completely different offensive line, it would have been a different story. But don't you think if Patrick Mahomes was healthy, that like this is insane? Like Patrick Mahomes outplayed them with one leg. And you're saying Joe Burrow had a more, like, a harder hill to climb. Well, let's look at Patrick Mahomes with two legs. Look at how he played the last three games before that. He would have been better, but you act like he was going to torch them for, like, a 20-point win. I mean, it wasn't going to be that much closer, even if he had two legs. Maybe a touchdown closer. I'll be generous and say that. But he had two legs all three other games, and they've all been decided by a field goal. Again, he played great, but I think you can also say, well, why didn't the Bengals' defense make him uncomfortable? Like, he should have been made way more uncomfortable. Maybe you could say, oh, well, he's just that good. I think the Bengals' defense just, for whatever reason, they let him roll so much to the right that it was enough, especially on that last run when he went out of bounds and got the first down. Like, that was one of their fatal flaws is he was just so more comfortable, much more comfortable than Burrow was with two legs. So, yeah, so, I mean, that's – but you said you had the numbers, Andrew. I want, I want to see this. Yeah, so so you said, um, you know, it was going to be – it was, you know, one of the more, you know what, – what was the phrase that you used? You know, one of the best runs of a quarterback in the last decade? <laughs> for for someone with experience, I want to specify like that. A, for someone who's uh, been in the league as long uh, as he that's has. That's not what you said. No, I meant to specify that. I don't want to double it down, but I want to specify that. So here, per uh, on a 17-game average, this is per Pro Football Reference, uh, obviously, okay. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, God bless that website. <laughs> oh uh, here are here are his per 17-game stats. Uh, 5,005 yards passing, so he just goes over the 5,000-yard mark. 42 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, uh, 36 sacks. 275 yards rushing. So, okay, got that. So, basically, the numbers you got to remember, 5,000, 42 touchdowns, 12 picks. Patrick Mahomes this season, 5,250 yards passing, uh, 41 touchdowns. So, uh, the touchdowns were one off. Uh, Patrick Mahomes threw for, like, 250 more yards on average. Third, uh, let's see, what are we, 12 interceptions. Joe Burrow was on pace to throw over that 10-game stretch for a 17-game season, 10 or 12 interceptions. Uh, what did he run for? What did he run for? I hate how they don't have rushing and passing. Rushing, 358 yards. So, if Joe Burrow plays the last, plays next season like he did the last 10 games of this regular season, and assuming he plays all 17 games, that is, uh, yeah. he would have thrown, on average, he would have thrown one more touchdown pass, but 
The only thing that would have been better were his completion percentage and his touchdown passes, which were one, were still thrown for fewer yards, same amount of interceptions, uh, less rushing yards. So, like, Mahomes is still really good. And, of like, course. the thing, the thing that Mahomes, the things that I think we, we discussed, like, a little bit with the MVP conversation throughout the year was Patrick Mahomes is doing this, throwing to, again, no disrespect to these guys, Juju Smith Schuster and Kadarius Tony. Yes, he has Travis Kelsey. But, like, nobody's going to dispute that Joe Burrow has a better supporting cast. So, like, Patrick Mahomes was doing all that crazy stuff with with a quarterback who – or with a receiving core that is just not as good as, as the Bengals have. So, uh, I mean, Burrow, I think you have to step up your game a little bit more. You have to be better. But you also have to win. Um, you know, the, the Bengals obviously won a lot down the stretch, but they started two and three. You can't have that start. Um, you know, if you want to, uh, if you want to do what this team wants to do and, and what you want Burrow to do, um, cause you know, you saw it would have been really nice for them to play at Paycor Stadium in the first, in the AFC title game. Um, you finished 12 and four, but the Chiefs finished 14 and three. So there's still another level for, for Burrow to get to. So, before I get to what I want to say, I like that you mentioned that, and I actually agree. He, he can still get better. He can get better with taking sacks. He can get better with maybe being more mobile and agile like Mahomes is because, I mean, even with the projections, yeah, Mahomes was, you know, more mobile, better rusher. I mean, what do you want to see better from, like, Burrow next year? I mean, he he has such a high ceiling. The ceiling, you know, is just so high for this guy. But, like, how much higher can and should he get, you know, by improving next year? Like, what do you want to see differently from him or added on at least? Uh, you know, I, I think that they could, you, Andrew mentioned some of the numbers about yards per attempt and, and their downfield passing was down. I mean, they're going to have to get back to that a little bit. Um, you sure. want to be a little more explosive. Um, I, I think there were times when, um, you know, they, they, they just weren't as sharp in certain stretches of games. Like, you know, that, that back half of the season that were like, uh, New England, the second half, the first half against Tampa Bay. Um, and then, you know, that stretch against Baltimore sort of in the second and third quarter where they just um, weren't efficient, weren't effective. Um, there were too many of those stretches, I think, um, for as good as that offense is and for as much talent as, as they have. I know they're playing good teams, but um, I think you'd like to see them put more games together, um, you know, full sort of efforts. Um, and, you know, I, th- I think they, had, they showed that in Buffalo, how dangerous this team can be uh, when they play a full four quarters um, so I think that's where he needs to sort of, you know, that that's on the offense as well and the play calling and things like that. But it's a it's a team team effort um, that starts with him because you know you saw he the, the offense goes as he goes. Yeah, I think that's you know that's what I thought about is like when we talk about that that first half of the season that four and four start like they just weren't able to get those like explosive home runs they had you know during Jamar Chase's rookie year you know during Burrow's first full true season as a starter and you know it came with growing pains they had more cover two looks and I think teams kind of threw them off a little bit but you know they had the consistency from that point on I think he just needs to build on that consistency stay with it um, have more of that killer instinct like you mentioned with that New England game where it kind of fell off in the second half that's the big thing for me but I want your all's take on one more thing before we take a break. Carson Palmer, former Bengal, also just like Burrow, a former Heisman Trophy winner back in his heyday. He said on a podcast, I think it's called The Room Podcast, uh, he said this a couple days ago, about three days ago. He said he thinks Joe Burrow 
is the best quarterback in the league. And I'm reading more of what Palmer said. Quote, Patrick Mahomes is phenomenal, but I think Joe's more consistent. Talk about not having a weakness, mentally strong, physically tall, accurate, can throw it fast enough, like I attributed to, gets the ball out quick. And this is what he said, too. Hear this. I think he's athletic outside of the pocket. He can do a lot of the same things Patrick Mahomes has done. He hasn't done it and showed it yet. He's played well within his system and his style, but I think he's the best quarterback in the league. Let's just set this here right now. Carson Palmer does not have love for the city of Cincinnati. He does not have love for the Bengals. So he is not biased towards the Bengals. Like, we would know if he was. I think he really means what he says, and he says what he means. Is he telling the truth? Could we imagine a world where Joe Burrow is outperforming Patrick Mahomes for as good as Mahomes is? For as talented and amazing, as MVP-worthy as he is, can Burrow actually show he is better than Patrick Mahomes? Well, I mean, he can't. Right now, he, do you believe not, it? Like, do you believe that he can actually do that? Like, how playing, much faith do you have in that? playing right now, so I think one has one's going to be able to show their MVP this week. Well, next season. <laughs> I'm talking like beyond, beyond you know, just well, next saying, year and just saying, for the rest of time saying, for all we know. I read his comments as saying he's the best right now, and we've already established that he's not. So yeah, uh, yeah, he with like I know it sounds hilarious. Um, these things are always funny because you have a guy who played quarterback in the NFL, played quarterback at a high level of college football, and then you've got me who has never played quarterback in my life. But Carson Palmer's wrong. <laughs> like, like Joe Burrow is not the best quarterback. That's why we in the do league. this podcast. Like Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. I know because I've seen it. Um, and again, that is no real disrespect to Joe Burrow, unless you're like sitting there thinking that he's being somehow wronged and disrespected by people telling him that he's the second best quarterback in the league. Which again, there's a really really good case for. Um, so like, I, I no, it's Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. Oh, I wish we could get Carson Palmer on this podcast one day. That that would be such a blast, but only one can dream. But when we come back, we're going to talk more about the future with Joe Burrow, as we've been alluding to, what his contract extension could and should look like, what it compares to among some of the top earners in the league. Plus, we do our final overall quarterback roundup for the Bengals this season. But before we go to break, again, we've been talking about Cincinnati Football Insider. If you keep wondering what Cincinnati Football Insider is, since I bring it up all the time, Look, it's simple. It's a community of fans who want the inside scoop on the Bengals and a direct connection to this podcast and the reporters who cover the team, a.k.a. me, Andrew, and Mike. Here's how it works. We'll text your phone a few times a day with breaking news, analysis, and insights. We're giving you the inside scoop, and we're going to give you the inside word before it even hits Twitter or social media. You can text us directly. You can just cut through the clutter of Twitter and all the social media trolls, and it's just $4.99 a month. But listen, if you're not sure, Try it for two weeks. And if you don't like it, you can text the word stop at any time. To get on board, just text 513-940-4193 or go to cleveland.com slash Bengals and click on that blue banner at the top of the page. It's a great time. We're in the off season. We're going to be at the NFL Combine a couple weeks reporting live from Indianapolis. So give us a try for two weeks and see what you think. But don't go away. We'll be right back on the Strictly Stripes podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And thanks for staying with us on another off-season edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Picking up with our quarterback roundup and assessment from the Bengals this past season. Uh, we had a very spirited and uh, I think very fun debate on what the future looks like for Joe Burrow, where he ranks against Mahomes, which I, I love these conversations, by the way. I honestly am so excited to debate the, you know, Burrow versus Mahomes, Mahomes versus Burrow thing in the years to come. Like, Tyler Boyd is honestly right. This is so much like a Manning versus Brady, Brady versus Manning, whichever order you want to put it. I love it. It makes our jobs fun. It makes the game fun. So I cannot wait to keep trolling you guys by saying that Joe Burrow is going to be the MVP preseason favorite over and over again. But um, the big conversation now with Burrow, though, in the here and now, in the present moment, is this is the offseason of the extension, mostly because he's going to get a payday. He's going to get an extension. We don't know what it's going to look like, how it's going to look, where the talks are even at, but we know it's going to be happening at some point because he's entering the last year of his contract and he is due for an extension. So we, we you look at some of the other contracts, you know, the top quarterback contract structures and millions. I mean, right now, I believe what the one, the guy making the most is uh, Aaron Rodgers, or he, at least he's up there, 50 million a year. Fully guaranteed, 101 million a year. Russell Wilson, 49 a year. Kyler Murray, 46. Patrick Mahomes, 45 a year. Josh Allen, 43. I mean, those are the top earners at that position. So I know we talked a little bit about this. You know, if and when Joe Burrow resets the market with his deal, what do you think it's going to look like in comparison to that? Like, does he make just as much as them? Does he make more than them? Or do you think maybe he tries to take like a contract that pays him a lot, but Maybe not as much, so you've got room to pay guys like T. Higgins, who is due for an extension, and then guys like Jamar Chase, who's due for one next year. Like, how do you, if you kind of had to imagine it, like, what do you think it would look like, and how do you kind of make a case for that? Well, I mean, uh, the, the Bengals are hoping that they, I mean, he doesn't want something like insane, like Deshaun Watson's deal, which is just straight guaranteed money across the whole thing. I think if you're looking at a, a contract to sort of model it after, Patrick Mahomes, the first two years, uh, I mean, you know, the cap hit, I think, was uh, about $5.3 million the first year and seven point four. Then escalates kind of over the next two years to, to bigger money and then averages out, um, you know, to that over $40 million. Uh, so that buys them some time. I mean, it'll depend on how the Bengals want to structure it, where, what years they want to sort of um, have less of an impact on the cap if they want it front-loaded or back-loaded, um, you, you'd hope that he doesn't want to reset the market, that he won't be pushing for $50 million a year. Because, I mean, you think about it, if he takes $10 million less, that's probably T. Higgins' money, right, uh, that it can go to right. him to sign him. Um, so, I mean, you hope that if he takes that, le- you know, less money, like $10 million, um, it gives him some flexibility to help with that offense. And I think that's probably what you ask him. You know, I don't, I don't think you're asking him to take – a ton less, but you want to get that cap hit down so you can afford some of the weapons that will make them more effective. Uh, I think that that will be the key. I think you just want to avoid sort of, you know, if it's average cap number of 50, 50 million or above, um, that, that's really tough, uh, I think, on, on the roster. And, and for flexibility, it really um, will limit them in the years to come. Yeah, I think um, I think any kind of wish by Bengals fans for Patrick, or excuse me, for Joe Burrow to kind of get, 
you know, maybe less than Patrick Mahomes and less than Josh Allen and to say, you know, Hey, well, if you do this, we can, we can afford this and this and that, like that kind of feels a little bit to me, like asking for a car for Christmas when you're like 16 years old, like you're (laughs) almost certainly not going to get it, but you might as well ask anyway. Um, And truthfully, if I were Joe Burrow, I mean, like we all like, obviously contracts are money um, contracts are guarantees and things like that, but contracts are also status. Um, you know, you want to be known as the guy who makes the most, you know, Jesse Bates talked about that too. Um, you know, you don't want to take, you know, less money because like, if you take a deal, you know, where the total value is, you know, $225 million, you're less than Deshaun, less than Kyler, less than Russ, less than Josh Allen, less than Patrick Mahomes. That that's not a place I don't think you really want to sit at. Um, Maybe you do. Uh, I, I can't imagine that the Bengals would want to do anything other than a few years. This, to me, feels kind of like we're going to sign you for life right now. Like um, they did with Patrick Mahomes, like because he's on a 10-year deal. Like, right. Like, yeah, uh, this this feels a little bit like that. Uh, Mahomes' total value was like $500 million. Um, you know, Josh Allen's total value was like $260 million. So to me, I, I, if I were, you know, if I were negotiating on behalf of Joe Burrow, um, I would be pushing for the Deshaun contract. Uh, you know, I want it fully guaranteed. I would want this. I would want that. And I would be asking for more than Josh Allen, um, you know, because I, I would make the case that, you know, Joe Burrow is, is a better quarterback than Josh Allen. I think you do get a little bit into a dicey situation when you're asking for more than Mahomes. But if, like I said, if, if, if I were Joe Burrow's agent, if I were negotiating on behalf of him with Duke Tobin and the rest of the Bengals front office, I would lay out the case that he needs to make at the very least, the second best money in the league in terms of total value. And honestly, like if, you know, if you want to shoot for the moon, go for it. Um, you know, go for the, uh, from from here, from listening to Joe Burrow talk, that's the, the status thing doesn't seem to mean anything to him. Yeah. But it also like, what's, I guess at that stratosphere, it's hard to imagine like, why would you want to sabotage the team for an extra five or six million a year when you could put your money and sort of, you know, I, I think the goal for him is to win as many games as he can and win as many Super Bowls as you can to chase the Tom Brady, you know, record or, you know, Joe Montana numbers in terms of Super Bowl appearances, Super Bowl wins. And when you hamstrung your front office and your team, like you can't, I mean, they do, quarterbacks do complain, but they, you can't complain when T Higgins is gone and you can't afford a, a left tackle when you've eaten up, you know, a fourth of your cap or fifth of your cap. I just think that, you know, if you take a little bit less, uh, it does make a difference in just kind of structuring and, and kind of keeping this team together. Um, and, and I think that might matter more to him than sort of status. Cause at the point where yeah, you're making, I agree, $40, $40 million a year, you're on a status of your own anyway. Well, right. But like, if, you know, if, if the difference is, you know, Hey, you know, Joe Burrow's asking for 50 and the Bengals can kind of make the case, Hey, you know, 40 would get you this, this, and this, like if you sign uh, in, you know, an eight year deal and you're taking $10 million less a year, do the math. Like that, that's, that's still when you kind of add it up a significant amount of money that you're leaving on the table. I understand that, you know, if you're talking, Oh, you know, here's a three hundred and twenty million dollar contract as compared to a, uh, uh, as compared to what? what would that be a four hundred million dollar contract? I understand that, like to us, that sounds ridiculous. Um, but like, it, it's eighty million dollars that you're leaving on the table. So because I get that. Point would be is like if status mattered, he could make millions of dollars 
in advertising deals. Right. And he does make some money, but he chooses to I think advertising is different than contract negotiations. No, no, but my point is, is he doesn't seek out, out these other revenue Correct. streams. And so, like, he's obviously not sort of really concerned about the, those things. Like, he could be right. putting his name on, you know, whatever, and he chooses not to. He's done, like, two things, like the, the Boss headphones, I think, and I can't remember the other one. But, Kroger. you know, he's very picky and very uh, choosy about it because he wants to dedicate his time to football. And exactly. so to, to me, that seems that would be, he'd be a player that, you know, is more focused on, on the wins as opposed to sort of, you know, and, and you could, and the, the counter is you make more of it guaranteed to take, to give him less. I mean, there are ways around sort of, um, you know, that part of the contract to make sure he gets as much money as he can sooner than he, you know, if, if he's going to willing to take less, give him more money sooner so he can accrue that in case something happens in the back end of his career. Because a lot of these contracts are are structured in sort of bunkers numbers, but then you know the last what four years are voidable or whatever. Um, Deshaun Watson, no, which is insane, but um, a lot of these contracts are. So um, I don't know. I just think that I'd be surprised if his deal's over fifty million dollars per year. That that'd be my yeah, surprise. Yeah, yeah. over a agree. lot. I also, you know, I also could see. I mean, we don't know where his head is at as it kind of relates to this specifically, where like it were kind of every thought he has, but. I like I, I I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, Joe Burrow, like he kind of like everybody talks about this mode that he gets into where, you know, nobody can touch him. Nobody can beat him. I'm not sure that he's sitting there going, if we don't have T Higgins, I'm going to be really in trouble because I, I, I think that there's a part of that competitiveness with Joe Burrow that everybody kind of hypes up and everybody kind of talks about where he's like, just put the ball down, give me any receiver, and I'm going to go beat any single defensive back in the league. doesn't matter if it's Trent Taylor or if it's T. Higgins. And, like, I'm not saying that that's a right, that's a right thing to think, but I, I wonder if that plays into it where, um, you know, if he's saying, like, listen, I don't care who I have at receiver. I'm good enough to win with blah, blah, blah. And, like, again, Chiefs just went to the Super Bowl with one really good receiver and a bunch of – yeah, a bunch of shoulder shrugs. Um, so, like, I, I don't know. I don't know how much that necessarily plays into it where, you know, Joe Burrow's sitting there going like, man, like, if we have to cut Tyler Boyd after I sign this deal or whatever it is, whatever the move is, if he's going to be like, I think this could really hurt me. And I, I think that it, it's kind of the opposite where he could say, you know what, I am that dude. I'm an, I can throw it to whoever, whenever, and we're going to win. I mean, you both make really good points, but I feel so much more strongly about what Mike said because, like, he just – he seems like a very simple person. Like, yeah, he wants to get paid. Like, he wants to get that that payday because he earned it and it deserves it, but does he really care if, like, Deshaun Watson's making more than him? Like, does, I don't think he cares about, oh, Russell Wilson makes more. Kyler does – you know, Kyler makes more. Like, I don't think he really cares. They could make more. They could make less. But at the end of the day, he could say that he's winning more than them. I mean, he's been in the league half as long as Deshaun Watson, and he's already done way more in three seasons than Deshaun or Kyler has. I mean, I know Russell Wilson has a Super Bowl ring, but, like, what has Russell Wilson done the last three, four years? <laughs> really nothing, and he hasn't shown it in Denver. I really don't think Joe Burrow cares about that, but I think there's a balance to it. Like Andrew said, he is so confident that would he give him Jamar, would he give him T, would he give him Tyler or Trent Taylor or Trent Irwin? He's going to be confident, but – I mean, let's be real. Like, who doesn't want to throw to T. Higgins? Who doesn't want to throw to Jamar? I mean, he'll throw to anyone if you force him with no option. But, like, if he had to pick, I'd like to think he'll pick, yeah, 
I want to throw to T for the next couple of years. I want to throw to Jamar for the next couple of years. And then once those guys get older or maybe they fall off, it's a different conversation. But I think right now, if it means he can have T via extension or whatever, and then Jamar gets extended when he's eligible next year, he'll take it. I think he'd take it. I think he'd be crazy not to. I, I get Mahomes did it without those guys, but you don't want to tell me like if Mahomes could have Jamar Chase or T Higgins right now, he would. Anybody would want them, really. I'm not even just going to say Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. Anybody would want those guys. So, yeah, Joe Burrow might be spoiled, but he's like, yeah, I'm spoiled and I'm going to take advantage of it. So I still lean more towards what Mike is saying about he doesn't care about the status and the honor and prestige. Because, like, guess what? Tom Brady didn't make that much through his quarterback earnings, but he had advertisements. He had his TB12 line. And I don't even really think he cared about the money in general. Like, I don't think that's Tom Brady's, you know, forte. But if he really did, well, he made it elsewhere. And he's going to make it with Fox next year. So, <laughs> yeah, that 10-year, 375 mil, it's going to hit pretty different. But money's money, man. Money comes and goes. But, man, we could talk about money for days, man. Money is uh, what runs the world. But uh, speaking of money and paydays, uh, we can't end this podcast without – talking about Brandon Allen, of course, as we finished talking about the quarterback room. Um, the Bengals re-signed him to a one-year deal in the offseason last year, so he is going to be a free agent again. Uh, the only quarterback on the roster besides Allen, not named Joe Burrow, is Jake Browning, who was on the practice squad, who was active for like two or three games, but has never seen action in an NFL game in four seasons now. So, I mean, just simply put, do you just keep Brandon Allen for another year, have him stick around, have him compete with Jake Browning, or do you say, hey, Brandon, you've been great, but maybe we want to get someone younger and fresher, you know, next to Jake behind Joe. What, what do you make of that? I, I think if you're the Bengals, you just keep him for another year. He's only 30. He's going to be 31 in September, I think. Yeah, he'll be 31. Um, he has a good relationship with Zach Taylor. They were together in L.A. when Zach was the – quarterback coach in LA when he was a backup to Jared Goff. He's a veteran. Um, I think Joe Burrow definitely enjoys being with him. I think you just keep him for another year. What yeah. Do you think? Um, yeah. You know, I think that it depends on money. I can't imagine Brennan Allen has, you know, a ton of, you know, a ton of leverage to, kind of, you know, negotiate a, a really, really ridiculous backup contract. You know, one of those things, cause Joe Burrow is obviously the clear starter um, if you like Joe, if you like Brandon Allen as, as kind of your, your replacement option, I could see that, but, um, you know, I think you're kind of reaching the stage of Joe Burrow's career where, you know, okay, he's going into his fourth year. He's been a quarterback now in this offense for four years. He's not, especially cause he's a little, he, when he came out, he was older. He's not one of those quarterbacks that, okay, you know, you still need a veteran to kind of lead him. He's becoming that veteran guy. So I could absolutely see, you know, maybe one or one more year, but um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if kind of down the line the Bengals start to they start to add some rookies in the draft or in undrafted free agency or whatever, some younger guys with some upside to try and learn uh, behind Burrow. So I think I think you're nearing that time, whether you're there or not now. I don't know, but I think you're nearing that time where you can start to have a young guy back up Burrow and and see what he's got. Yeah, that's that's yeah, fair. Cap hits one point two million. You probably take the familiarity over bringing in somebody new and having to worry about. It. It's one less thing to worry about when you got a guy that's been in the system for so long. Yep, done deal there. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. I mean, regardless whether it's him or someone else, I mean, Jake Browning's going to obviously want to compete for that backup spot. Um, 
Again, never played a game in four seasons, but he's been with the Bengals since 2021. So he's about the same age as Joe Burrow. So age-wise, there's no difference there. But stay tuned with us this week as we continue breaking down our position groups. Again, we're going to probably focus more on the offense this week, running backs, wide receivers, interior and exterior offensive linemen, and much, much more. But once again, for myself, Andrew Gillis, and Mike and Isaac, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. Thanks for tuning in to another off-season podcast edition. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care.